This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. It's Michael McMillan. Before we start the show, we have some overdue new Patreon subscriber supporter shout out. So I want to thank the list of following people. Here we go. And thank you, Cheryl Oski, Jason Rampata, Deanna Bryant, Austin Hurt, Kirsten, Stephen Combs, or Coombs, probably Combs, because if it was Coombs, it would have two zeros i also would like to thank seth dreitzler grant wilson melina colomas melissa spangle nikki namfanvong martin galvin sarah smith uh austin james pierce troy kane you guys are all awesome we also would like to thank carolyn chow renee lemos troy kane again for bumping up to the five dollar pledge thank you uh, Mitzi, thank you. Rose Wallace, thank you so much. And get ready for this. We have even more people to thank, and those people are Jesus Ortiz, Teresa Francesca, Lauren Kennedy, Megan Morin uh, West. You deleted yours. That's okay. Come back anytime. Sonia Cheney, <laughs> Eric Crane, or Crane, thank you. Joe Tallman, thank you. We understand sometimes things happen. You can't support a show forever. We appreciate when you did support the show. We love all of you. All right, we've got even more. Are you guys ready for this? Sarah Radcliffe, thank you. Alicia, thank you. Russ Hounstein, thank you. Carly Seacrest, thank you. Jazz Hilmer, thank you. Chris Brown, thank you. Jesus Christ, so many people to thank. Ryan, thank you. Pamela Gamberger, thank you. Akumatos, thank you. That's a cool name. I hope I said it right, or if it's a title. Um, Kirsten, thank you for editing your uh, pledge. Colorado Sasquatch, dude, thank you so much. Adam Smith, thank you. And finally, Robert Metcalf, thank you. Guys, that is incredible. I can't believe how many there were to thank you on that. Thank you for standing by and listening. Thank yourselves. We love you. If you want to become a listener to the Patreon uh, feed, you can subscribe to us over at patreon.com backfat. Backfat. Let's just start the show. You'll figure it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we try to answer the great mysteries of the universe like, am I still drunk or is it just Tuesday? (laughs) I'm your host, Michael McMillan. (laughs) I have no answer to that. 
<laughs> With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our trusty producer, Riley Bray. Was that pointed at me, that, that remark? Yeah, no, that was How come I didn't get to say inward. my name? Oh, we should have hung out yesterday. I know, right? I'm sorry. I was distracted. <laughs> Here we go. Bryce Johnson. Ooh, thank, okay. Bryce, I was gonna, Bryce Johnson. I, Bryce Johnson. Fuck you. Um, it's another L Files episode, everybody, which means we are going to read your stories of high strangeness. Uh, joining us once again in the clubhouse is fan favorite. You know him, you love him. He's got nothing going on right now. His name is Kevin Kirkpatrick. <laughs> What's God, up, What Kev? an intro. Hi. <laughs> How true. I had, a, I had a couple hours today wide open. <laughs> Just a gaping hole. Yeah, well, welcome week. to our schedule. I saw, I <laughs> we saw can the podcast side, anytime we want. I saw the side of this bus. It had an ad for for some kind of service, and it was like free as an out of work actor's afternoon. And I was like, I take offense to that, <laughs> but it's so very true. You would think I would at least be exercising or something, but <laughs> mm -mm, no, I'm not. No, no. I'm unemployed officially. Crazy ex girlfriend wrapped last weekend. Yeah, congratulations! That was Thanks, a nice run. Nice yeah, was a good run. run. Four seasons. It's done. Well, <laughs> we are going to do a live show in March, but you know, oh, so you're not done. done. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Whatever. It's done. How's everybody doing? Good. How's everybody's weekends? Great. What'd yeah. you do with the kids? Oh, nothing. I oh, gotta, neglecting no, they, neglecting uh, father. No, yeah. It's good. I know. Sat in your den and read some UFO books. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Locked the door. <laughs> Daddy have, went in on Friday yeah. night and he came out to pee a couple times, but no one really saw him until Sunday. You don't realize how close to the truth you are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's the normal family stuff, basketball game or two, and some, like you, like you pointed out. How old are your out. kids again? Uh, nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're already so. shooting hoops, as they yeah, say? Yeah, shooting the old hoops. Yep. Wow. Yep, not bad. Great. Who's the athlete of the family? Uh, uh, Son or daughter? Um, They're both right, right, right around the same, you know. Cool. Yeah, so I focus on uh, other things besides sports. I'm not a big sports guy. Yeah, no. Uh, Bryce, we all know none of us here are really sports guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I played t-ball in kindergarten. I could have imagined Bryce was a sports. Well, I, you know, I throw He's a mean pigskin. Yeah, I, I, I can do all that good stuff. But did you uh, call it a pigskin? Yeah, throw a mean pigskin. That was sure, that, sports guy talk. There you go. That's sports guy For talk. Sure. Man. Let me <laughs> just let me guy. just let me just blow you guys' minds. You ready for this? Yeah. Let's do it. I'm sure you realize I'm not at all a sports person. None whatsoever. Very little hand-eye coordination. <gasps> but God damn it. I can throw a football. I can throw a beautiful spiral. Is that right? And I can throw it two, three hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that anyway. No, I can throw a beautiful pass. I uh, could see you as a uh, as a track athlete as well. You're, you know, you. That was my one time in in my upbringing that I competed in a sports match. <laughs> I would just picture you being chased by a pack of wild dogs. <laughs> oh no, no, I ran a track event. Did you run once? It was in sixth grade, <laughs> and I was an alternate, and something terrible happened to one of the runners, and I got... That was your Rudy moment. You got called it was my to I got called to the plate, and yeah. so my dad left work Kirk and came, Patrick, get came, up here. came to watch. You do, you do know there's no plate in track, right? There's no home, home plate. Don't worry about that. I don't know. I was, I was running. I wasn't noticing everything. Uh, and my dad showed up, middle of his work day, because it was such a rare, crazy thing that he never thought he would... He, he probably knew somehow, this is probably it, but let me... He called come. in an emergency at yeah. work. He's like... 
Just got to yeah. take a sick day. Yeah. Kirkpatrick is running. You mean that that kid that I just watched dance to Phil Collins in the living room? He's doing what? Okay, I'm there. Uh, and so I ran, and I was first leg of the relay. Oh, nice. Maybe a four by two hundred or something. Sure. And be- because of being, what's the lane you're in where you start way ahead of everyone? Oh, the outside lane. Is it the outside lane yeah. would put you for yeah? So I felt like I was in first place the whole that whole leg because I was way ahead of <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. In, until you reached handoff point, and then I don't and I don't even remember. I just I, I didn't lo- drop the baton. There you go. I love that. My dad ch- said pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I love that you just <laughs> burned all the gas pretty in good. the tank on that just one <laughs> relay. Like pre that was like Prefontaine. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> that was it. But I just joined um, Occidental College's uh, community membership that lets you work out in their gym and swim in the pool and oh, stuff. Because nice. it's right by my house. And they have a really nice track. And I came to the little gate when the guy was showing me around. And I looked out on that track. And I, I was like, Since maybe, memory we're is not, back maybe we're not done. <laughs> <laughs> lady. I don't know why that track's a lady. But maybe we're not done. See you right. again, old girl. <laughs> old girl. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, dude. Yeah. I played football in high school. Oh yeah, I think we've seen photos. Of I you could see that, yeah. but they no. Told, see that surprises me. Even though you look the part, yeah, I don't know. Well, what you're they looking. told me that they, that I wasn't mean enough. Yeah, and I, that's of, what I. He was a gentle like, giant. You, can, you don't need to keep coming back. <laughs> you're too chill. I cool. Right, yeah. cool, cool, cool. right, right. You, you right. have to stop hugging the other players. <laughs> you need to tackle them. <laughs> Just ran up and handed them a daisy. Yeah, I had much, a yeah, uh, pretty much. I had a, like a, a wild thing moment, like major league. I was I was in the cafeteria and I threw an apple across at my buddy, and I'm left handed. And the baseball coach comes up to me, and goes, "You southpaw, huh?" And I go, oh, "No, uh, yeah." And I was like, "Yeah, I think so." He's like, "Left handed." Oh yeah, yeah, I'm left handed. He's like, "Saw you throw that apple." You'll be in detention after school today, but uh, after that, why don't you stop by baseball practice? And I was oh like, God. okay. <laughs> so I did. That I was sounded like, so, that's awesome. Yeah, right. Such so, a like, movie moment. It was. It was. Uh, and did you suck when you got No. I, How I, long did you date this coach? <laughs> <laughs> so we dated for like a couple months. Uh, but no, then I tried. So I ended up uh, you know, joining the baseball team, but I had never been on a baseball team before. And I remember the first time I was up to to bat i was i was literally shaking and i didn't know like the umpires how it works so he'd just be like Hurr! and i'd be like uh is that good and i, I didn't know how the count worked right so he'd be like hey, but, hey. and i'm like and what am i should, what is that a ball or a strike and you know i had no fucking idea uh literally at the the first time up he was like that's a that's a four ball, son. You need to take first base. I was like, I don't fucking know. If only you'd turn around and looked closely, you would have realized Bigfoot was standing over your shoulder <laughs> the whole time. I remember, and then I quit though because all the uh, all the kid all the guys on the baseball team took it so fucking seriously. Like they were so cocky and just cocksure. And I just wanted are you to describing like, jocks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in general, just in general. in general. No, something especially about the, but uh, not anything against baseball players. Oh, but, sure. Yeah, I I didn't give a fuck. I was like, who? I like I needed a story. Like, why? What's my motivation for catching this ball? <laughs> right. I don't care. Right. I'm not gonna go chase after this thing. I don't want it. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that ball. I was so excited if I got to sit on the bench. I was happy about that. I used to play soccer in second grade, 
and I was the goalie, and I would just like talk to my defenders, and be like, "You guys have got me covered, right?" Because I do not, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. Love to lay down on the grass. That's it. You know. They made me join the basketball team because I'm tall. Right. Mm-hmm. The coach came up to me and he he was like, "You have to play basketball." I'm like, I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> He's like, no, no, I can teach you basketball, but I can't teach them. Like, I enjoy prog rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, just want to smoke a doobie out back, man. Listen to some Rush. Did he teach but, you basketball? Uh, sorta. I got okay at it, but the first time they put me in in a game, I scored a basket on the wrong hoop. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I've done that. Yeah, that no sucks. one ever approached me, and I'm tall. You're tall, yeah. Which makes me, which makes me You're imagine like a coach probably more than once, like. Came within twenty feet of approaching me, and then yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's oh, caught wind of like got, a, got, a, got close enough to go. Phil ah. Collins playing in the headset. Yeah. <laughs> Sue Studio, yeah, boy. All right, well, sports I guess thanks for having me. Yeah, that's the last time we'll ever talk about sports yep. on this podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, sack of losers. So many people quit listening. Come back. We're talking about the shit out. you want to talk about. All right, let's kick it off with a email. This comes to us from Maddie in Ohio. Hello, huge fan of BCC. Thanks for helping me through the workday. Ooh, I hope you're listening right now, Maddie. Put on the headphones and tell that boss to fuck off. My <laughs> stories were told me, uh, these stories were told to me from my mother, but they gave me chills. Oh, a nice reminder that moms aren't just for warm thoughts and cookies. They sometimes scare you. When I was a baby, my mom visited her sister at an old farmhouse with her dad in Pennsylvania. I was maybe four months old. In the middle of the night, my mom heard me crying, so she got up to feed me and went to the kitchen to warm up a bottle. When she walked into the kitchen, she saw someone holding me and already feeding me. She assumed that it was her dad and went back to bed. When she woke up in the morning over breakfast, she thanked her dad for doing the 3 a.m. feeding for her and letting her rest, and her dad had no idea what she was talking about. He said he slept through the night and never woke up. My mom was a little weirded out and looked to her sister, hoping that she was the one, (laughs) just slightly, (laughs) a shadow creature had been breastfeeding your baby. Yeah. Something's a little weird. Oh, well, pie's in the oven. Uh, And looked to her sister, hoping that she was the one who got up in the middle of the night, and she also did not get up in the night. According to her sister, she had several ghost encounters and was planning on selling the house because of it. I always like to hear that when there's a good bit of pragmatism. Um, Number two. This is the next story. So we never know what happened to that. Well... Baby is this from the same same, uh, yeah, same, same writer? From Maddie, she's got a she's got three stories for us. Did she send a picture? I'd love to get a look at this girl that was raised on alien titty mail. <laughs> <laughs> this one is less creepy. My mom was watching TV with her first child, my sister uh, Paulina. Paulina was three years old. A commercial came on for ice cream, and an opera song was on in the background of the commercial. Paulina looked at her mom and said. That's the song that man whistles. My mom was incredibly freaked out thinking about strangers and kidnappers, but in the back of her mind she had a feeling what had happened. She went upstairs and took out an old photo album. She asked Paulina if any of the photos looked familiar. Paulina pointed to one of the photos and said, That's the man who whistles. Mm. The man she pointed to was my mom's grandfather who died when my mom was only six. 
that song that was in the background of the commercial was his favorite opera. Paulina, having never met her great-grandfather nor having any exposure to opera, I mean, she is only three years old, could not have pulled this story uh, or heard it from a memory. Um, So my mom decided her grandfather had just come around for a little visit. Hmm. And our final story from Maddie goes like this. The last story is also about Paulina. She was around the same age. Uh, They, assuming her family, had just moved into a house in Florida. Paulina kept pulling on the curtains and peeking behind them, and it annoyed my mom, so she told her to stop it. Stop! Stop, Paulina! Stop pulling on those curtains! (laughs) Paulina's response to that was to ask my mom to find the man who hides behind there. She told my mom that she can see the bottom of his pants and shoes as he hides behind the curtains. Ew. My mom was very freaked out by this and had a priest come in and do and douse the house in holy water. <laughs> in flames. Just, yeah, gasoline. Burn it. Burn the whole thing. In the name of Christ, burn it. The kid, too. What's her name? Throw her on the fire. Paulina had just annoyed the family for the last time with her spooky stories. It's the only way to be sure. (laughs) The child is the gateway. Paulina did not see the man again. Um, Hopefully this sways some of the skeptics out there. I enjoy hearing everyone's stories, and I'm glad to contribute. Thank you so much, Maddie. Thanks, I like Maddie's stories. Yeah, they're good. Three out of three. Three out of three. I give it... Three stars for three stories. Yeah. Yeah. That shit's creepy. The That's... feet behind the curtain. No fucking thank you. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't say feet. She said his shoes. pants. Well, she saw the shoes, the bottom of his pants, and his shoes. So mm. the bottom of his pants. Like, like the So cuffs. the pants weren't like pooled at his ankles. <laughs> That's what I was worried about for a moment. <laughs> Turns out it's just her neighbor masturbating violently behind yeah. the curtains. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, some spooky stuff. Oh, my God. Jeez. Um, thank you so much, Maddie. That's nuts. Uh, do you want to read this one from Thomas, Bryce? Sure. Let's see what Thomas has to say. Hey, guys. I'm a big fan of the podcast and have a story you guys might be interested in. Some background on me for credibility. I have a BS in zoology and an MS. That stands for a bullshit degree. (laughs) (laughs) And an MS in ethology, which is animal behavior. And I've worked as a safari guide in both the Serengeti and Kruger National Park for some eight years. Cool. And have 10 years experience working with... Braggy, braggy, (laughs) braggy. And have 10 years experience working with tracking and researching large predators. I feel like this is my dad writing fan fiction. (laughs) This story takes place about six months ago in a solo hiking trip I took in Washington State. I was just fresh back to the U.S. from my time in Africa and wanted to go explore the dense forests I had missed for some time. I decided to hike near Olympic National Park for a six-day hike. The first couple days went pretty smoothly and without incident. On the third day, things started to make me feel a little uneasy. I was looking for a place to make camp. About an hour from sundown and I just got this feeling that I needed to stop moving immediately. Through years of tracking and leading trips through the African bush, I learned to trust these instincts implicitly. I stopped and the hairs on the back of my neck and arms stood straight up. I didn't see or hear anything, but my gut was saying something was around. I decided to make camp that night exactly where I was. I had thought the night had gone without incident but I awoke the next morning to find my tent had collapsed on me. 
I thought this was extremely odd, for I had been using this tent for years without incident. I untangled myself from it and found one of the foundation rods pegged into the ground was completely missing. This put me on alert for the rest of the day because I thought somebody else was out here and anyone in this deep of the woods is not a person I want to run into. As I neared my turning point, something started huffing and shaking a dense bush about 20 yards off to my right. I figured this was probably a bear challenging me to let me know whose area this is, so I stopped and slowly backed away towards the way I came while keeping an eye contact on the bush. It was just Bryce's umpire (laughs) calling a ball. (laughs) But as I moved, the vocalizations grew louder and more aggressive, and then I noticed something that made my blood run cold. The tree to the right of the bush had a large arm wrapped around it. What? That was a dark brown with gray mixed in. I realized then that this was not a bear. Obviously, being in the animal field, I had heard many Sasquatch stories, though I discounted most of them. I never really considered myself a skeptic. Um, However, being confronted with this, I had a hard time thinking of anything else it could be. So I started to think about exactly what in the hell I should do here. My first instinct was to treat it like a primate. So I stopped and lowered myself onto my knees and averted my gaze to the ground in a submission to dominance. That would be my instinct. After what felt like an hour, though probably just a couple minutes of silence, I eventually looked back up and saw the coast was clear. I hiked the full two-day hike back with minimal stops without incident. So that's my Sasquatch story. And it's really the first time I've ever told anyone. I'm not one to be startled by many animals, but that day shook me pretty bad, though I hope you all enjoyed it. I know Bryce will. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Dude, um, Thomas, Thomas, that's an awesome... That's one of my favorite yeah, yeah. listener stories we've ever had. That's insane. And he's a biologist. Yeah, this is credible. This is credible. It's like the uh, the veterinarian that saw There's the Loch Ness Monster. You know, these are these are trained observers who see these things. I didn't like Kevin. it. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan, huh? I was not a fan of that story. I found it. I I don't believe it. You don't believe you think he's lying. You're calling Thomas a liar on the air. First oh, time Thomas, he's ever told this story. I don't want to call you a liar, Thomas, but I but I didn't believe your story. <laughs> we believe you. Don't I believe worry. you, Thomas. Why do why why do you, why? <clears throat> you think he's just messing with us? Just somebody messing with us? I thought his writing was too fancy. <laughs> He's putting on airs. <laughs> oh, that's no zoologist. <laughs> like, instead of saying, so I froze in my place, he said, a feeling came over me. A feeling that triggered an instinct to stop moving. <laughs> like, it was, everything was so too, it was too written. He's an intelligent man. <laughs> He's a storyteller, which I appreciate. But he's telling stories. See, this is what happens, Tom. You wanted you, some typos. You finally and... open up, and then you get someone like Kevin Kirkpatrick who just calls you bullshit on you. Listen, Thomas, I'm a I'm a super skeptic. So <laughs> I love don't that. don't be offended. I thought it was a great story. Yeah, that is insane. I maybe I, I just didn't believe Bryce's read. Maybe that was yeah, what he didn't sell it. Oh, yeah. I thought you did a great job, Bryce. Thank you. I think Kevin's nuts. <laughs> I do want to. I wish there was more than just an arm. I wish you could have seen. Ahead, I wish you'd gotten a better look at this thing. Yeah, because I know you know what are you gonna do? Um, and I like that his education kicked in, and he went straight to the pri- the primate show of of submission. Absolutely, uh, it was pretty great detail. Uh, I just wish he'd gotten a better look at it. But you know what? If 
I'll take an arm. If oh I can get an arm, God. I'll take an arm. Yeah. I mean, in the accounts of these things too, there's like this um, this paralyzing fear that I think comes over a lot of observers too, where, I mean, you know, your instincts are just to either shut down or, or run. Um, I love how uh, in this story though that uh, – you know that his his sixth sense sort of kicked in his uh you know the hair on his arm stood up and his gut feeling before he saw anything or really heard anything you know said something's off yeah you know? that reminds me of that story of um the teddy roosevelt told of that tracker who just like had just yeah. that feeling of being watched in the woods the whole time right yeah kevin would you like to read a story <laughs> yes this is one All from right. jared okay jared yeah jared wrote jared it. I don't know if we know. I From think, prison. Yeah. <laughs> Subway's Jared. Jared. It's, written, yes. <laughs> it's addressed specifically to you. I was going to make a horrible joke where I began telling a story about Jared's attraction to a three-year-old. But I'm not going to. Because I'm going to read the real, the real email we got from, the, from another wonderful Jared. Ready? Yep. Hi, guys. It's me, Jared. Here's something that happened to me about three years ago that I can't explain. I was leaving work one night about 12 a.m., midnight, Mm -hmm. and I was coming down a road that had subdivisions on either side of it. And at the end of that road is a stop sign where you can either go left or right. A T intersection. That's me, Gets Kevin, just clarifying that. (laughs) Well, as I was coming down the road, I saw the largest dog-slash-coyote-slash-wolf or whatever the fuck it was, cross the road on all fours. Mm. When I say cross the road, I mean it took the creature two strides and was on the other side at full sprint. Whoa. Now, the creepy thing about it was that I came up to the stop sign, was as I came up to the stop sign, which there's a bit... Jared just has some issues with his... (laughs) A lot of people like to skip punctuation. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. They're, they're they're trying to get these stories out as fast as possible. But this is going to yeah. help you believe the story since it's not fancifully written. Yeah. So. Ah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jared, he believes you already. <laughs> Just every now and then the word which is in here that, that when I don't, understand, <laughs> don't know why. Okay. When I say cross the road. Okay. Wait, yeah, no. That was earlier. That part. Got him really, when he got up to the stop sign. This will be the last time okay, we'll I am in this clubhouse. <laughs> I, I gave you the shortest one on purpose. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you need glasses? No. It's the just, way you're okay. looking at it is like a father. <laughs> like a reading a really yeah. Sorry. Like you, <laughs> you do man. look like a grandfather trying to order off. Like the like the red lobster. Yeah, I was gonna say what are cheesecake frites. Cheesecake. cheesecake factory menu. It's dark in the just booth. Just want a so grilled cheese. <laughs> oh, what the hell is squaw bread? Okay. Now the creepy thing about it was as I came up to the stop sign, which there's a big curve you go around before the stop sign across the road. My headlights landed on an animal on the other side of the road, and I had a full view of this thing. It was a black and gray-colored large coyote or wolf with bright yellow eyes. Mm. This thing looked at me. I could feel it looking at me like it knew I was in my car, if that makes any sense. Totally. Like it had an intelligence behind it. Mm -hmm. By the way... 
If it was the same thing I saw that crossed in front of my car a few minutes prior, then that is one hell of a fast dog because that was a good three to four miles from the stop sign. Mm -hmm. I just sat there and watched it until it just slowly meandered into the bush. Also... Now you are full kindergartner reading... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> reading his to his parents his first book out loud. I'm so proud of you, Kevin. You're making strides. Or as Kevin Dow say, pretty good, pretty good. Pretty good. <clears throat> also, this was in uh, Georgia. <laughs> and we don't have wolves here that I know of. Weird. By the way, can y'all also check out Clifford Stone? He was reportedly a translator for the U.S. military on alien languages, and Hmm. I believe he was stationed out of Walker Air Force Base in Roswell. Huh. Okay. Thanks for the great shows, Jared. Cool. Jared, great story, dog man. Shape-shifting. cryptid uh, story. God, love those. I love the variety that we're getting. Yeah. It used to just be all shadow people, and now we're getting some Bigfoot sightings yeah. and some Dogman sightings. Yeah. Or at least a, a large wolf. Coyote um, wolf dog. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Clifford Stone, Bryce? Um, Does that name ring a bell? You know, sort of. I mean, I think there was a – isn't there a guy who took some of the Sierra sounds, which are the Bigfoot sounds, and and uh, and he took them to a uh, – some guy who was uh, in military who worked on languages and decoding – Oh. Uh, that might be him. I could be totally yeah, wrong. I don't know. But uh, no. Well, check him out. Thanks for the recommendation. <clears throat> yeah. Good job, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, listen. You I, get a gold star for that. I take some some hits on that, okay? Speak. <laughs> it was it – was, that, that bad read was uh, my fault and also a little bit Jared's. <laughs> there was a couple typos in there. I don't I, – I copy and paste, especially when it's oh. – Oh, God. Well, that's the end of that episode. I guess, I guess we're done. You know, they drop, drop the, the emails on the ground. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> that actually reminds me of a, of a, of a story. I, I guess you, this would be a BCC News thing, but I think we should talk about it. Um, did you guys hear about that three-year-old that was in the woods yes. for mm-hmm. two or three days? Yes. Recently, claimed, right? Recently. Yeah, he claimed that a bear, a friendly yeah. bear, helped him survive. Yeah, that's right. And when, the, when the, some lady walking her dog finally found him like two and a half days later – um, with his fingers like you know, pretty much frostbitten, oh, and, and, and uh, you know, he told the authorities and his mother that it was a, a bear who helped him stay warm and stay alive. And you know, bear experts weighed in and said, "No, that's not bear behavior." Um, not only that, it was in the kind of the middle of winter, and bears should be hibernating. Um, although it is said around that time, it doesn't get cold enough for bears to go into complete hibernation in and around that area, so it's not unheard of that a bear could be. But immediately, um, people in the you know Bigfoot community um, sort of latched onto the uh, details of this story, saying, "Well, you know that sounds like, and there are stories of you know Sasquatch and Bigfoot like um, you know helping people out in the woods who get lost." So they immediately claimed to think that you know this has all the telltale signs of perhaps that instead of a bear, that this thing might have been a um, juvenile or mother or type Sasquatch that helped this kid stay alive because the facts are this kid was out in the woods for three days and somehow managed to survive. I he- hope it was that and that the kid wasn't hallucinating a like seven foot tall friendly bear that was talking to him. Yeah, which just makes me feel so sad. Yeah, for that kid. <clears throat> I, 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 it's I w- someone needs to show him a picture of a Bigfoot 
like a oh yeah that's like, a good idea is this the bear that helped you why hasn't anybody thought of that i, I, I wonder know. what the follow-up is on that story but oh, boy i hope I it was just that a that full-figured way. gay man that <laughs> <laughs> took care of him for a few days <laughs> the kid's like i'm telling you this bear helped me <laughs> we just call ourselves bear you're gonna be just fine <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. a wild story. That's crazy. That's yeah. got Bigfoot written all over that's it. That's what I think, mm-hmm. too, Kev. Yeah. Um, I'm going to dive into this one. This is from Eric. And he says at the top, pretty please prepare a few sound effects. Right, so we've, got it. It. we've got it going. You know, you if you don't it. listen, Kevin, you can't hear the cool backup music that's happening. Oh, yeah, there's synth music going down. I don't I know, know what that music on. sounds like. Is it too scary? <laughs> yeah. It's too scary. It scares me, too. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I'm 34, and I'm going to jump right in. I've had a few paranormal experiences. If you read it all or have any questions, I'll write back. Born in 84. Okay, well, thanks for your <laughs> Thank you for your uh, birth date uh, right up front. Appreciate that. Gives us some context. I grew up in the Midwest on the what used to be outskirts of a big city. From the age of around five, I was fascinated with UFOs after seeing what my parents say I described as a flying videotape that followed my bus to school from the stop I walked to at the beginning of our cul-de-sac. That's awesome. Our house was at the back with woods behind it. I know that feeling. These woods would play a large role in my unsupervised youth. Now I understand why he's saying he was born in 84. This kid had a very Stranger Things upbringing, much like we all did. Yeah. Even when my parents divorced, I moved to the opposite side of the woods into a, you guessed it, trailer park this is where my alien experiences would start to my knowledge camping and being out in the woods alone with my 410 shotgun 410 my 410 shotgun and bb guns was normal side note the gun was the seventh birthday present from my uncle billy joe just fucking with you his name is mark all right don't lead me down (laughs) (laughs) stick to the let's leave the joking around and interruptions to me eric (laughs) I would hear and see stuff run through the woods I played in. Even the splashing of something would run through the creek I played in. But whatever it was was invisible. So he had a trickster spirit hanging around him. I was convinced it was native spirits, as I often found arrowheads. And one day my mom asked me to hang up my coat. I did. I walked out. And a few minutes later, it was back on my bed. And my mother was bitching. And I was furious and confused because I hung that cowboy starter coat up. (laughs) So (laughs) Awesome. Good detail. So fast forward to 1993. I was nine and had a fascination with the paranormal, which gave everyone the ability to discount anything I claimed. This is the part where Bryce starts to relate to the story. Understandably so. I went to see fire in the sky. Scared the shit out of me. And inside my head, I kept saying, you are not supposed to watch this. I freaked the fuck out, but then I kind of blocked it out. And a few months later... I was getting ready for bed and felt sick like something was in my room. I just laid down, I covered my head, and I imagined building custom cars, going through every detail to stay focused on and trying to stay focused on that and not this paralyzing fear until I would finally fall asleep. But sometimes this would take hours, not even understanding what I was afraid of. But I, I remember feeling safe at school. But one night, it got so bad, I had to look. I started to fall asleep, and the sensation surged my skin. I was crawling with fear. I opened my eyes, 
and focused quietly, scared shitless. I peered towards the hallway when a red-skinned alien peeked around the doorframe. Black eyes, long fingers, creeping around the doorframe, and it reacted by almost jerking out of view. I think it was waiting. Kevin shaking his waiting head. Waiting for me no. to be asleep. <laughs> well, I don't know. Not an alien. <laughs> Better learn what the devil looks like. Mm-hmm. That what red I, skin. Mm-hmm. What I do know is I braved my fear. Instead of jumping out the damn window, I sprinted out of the room, past the bathroom it was presumably in, down the hall, into my mother's room. By this point, she was legitimately worried about me and a bit freaked out. She let me lay in there as I was falling asleep, and I took one last look at her doorway. And I shit you not, there stood a dark silhouette standing at about four feet. I'm estimating, visualizing it, and about six feet, ab- uh, about f- six feet above the doorknob. Wow! I screamed and jumped back up, backing against the headboard and wall. My mother seen my mother, having seen it, screamed quickly, turned on the light, and there stood my dog. A collie shepherd mix with one hand balanced on the doorknob with its head nose pointed at the ground. It went to all fours and walked out of the bedroom. At that time, we agreed it was very weird, and she tried to get me to sleep. (laughs) The dog never had done that before. And in the middle of the night, hearing other stories and claims now, I feel like that was not my dog. But used my dog, or mimicked my dog, in order to conceal itself and give my mom the ability to write it all off, huh. even though she knew that was very off. Wow. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> I love it. That's that, creepy. We have more stories. That uh, wins the uh, High Strangeness Award. Yeah. That we've is got, strange. We've got more, but perhaps we'll save them for another day. My God, that dog with its hand on the I door. I wasn't to, expecting like, that. <laughs> that is It's so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Form of dog. <laughs> In the form of dog. Yeah. yeah. Hand up on the doorknob, just frozen. Like, no, uh, nobody's here. Yeah, it's, I'm just a dog. I don't know. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> That's crazy. Super but that was creepy. the devil. If it's got red skin, y'all, it's devil. a devel. If it's a shapeshift and dog Straight devil. up devil. Mm-hmm. Was he at a garage sale? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, let's get another one here. Do you want to read one, uh, Mr. Bryce? Sure. You ever had that feeling, though, watching something that, like, um, you're like, I probably shouldn't be watching this, but then you're pulled towards it, you know? You ever get that feeling? You mean, you mean like, porn, yeah, right? Porn? <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this? Let's read Paul's letter. Okay. Are you ever watching people fuck and you're like, this seems private, but I'm going to double down and wait for a super close-up. <laughs> Oh, boy. From Paul. Hi, Michael, Bryce, and Riley. My name is Paul, and I'm a podcast addict. I'm a huge fan of your show. I'm probably a little out of your typical demographic. I turned 50 in 2018. These facts... Um, I hate to tell you, Paul, everyone who listens to this show is like 50 and older. (laughs) (laughs) These facts actually play a part in my two little stories, so bear with me. I was an only child, and I lived in an area with no neighbors. So when I was 9 or 10 or so, I often stayed over at my best friend's house a few miles away. This would have been around 1977 or 78. I remember sitting in their living room watching Wonder Woman and the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew Mysteries. So I think that's about the right time for this story. We lived near Philadelphia, so his house was very old, dated back to the 1700s. 
When I stayed over, we often heard footsteps or things moving around at night. Nothing violent, just a little creepy and unsettling. This one afternoon, my friend and I were sitting at their kitchen table talking to his mom, a really cool lady. She was the first adult that insisted I call her by her first name. She had the stereo on in their den listening to the radio, which was right off the kitchen. We could see the stereo through the doorway. Now, this being the 70s, the radio had an analog dial. You had to physically turn a dial with the finesse of a safe cracker to tune into a station. There was no digital indicator or remote control. If a neighbor used their garage door opener or TV remote, it wasn't going to affect the uh, stereo. So while we're talking, the radio starts slowly scanning through all the channels, hitting a channel and staying on it for maybe two or three seconds, then moving on the next. This goes on for maybe 45 seconds to a minute, and my friend's mom gets annoyed. She gets up and walks to the doorway of the den, which I can see is empty. She says to no one, Will you cut that out? The radio stops on the original station she was listening to. She comes back and sits down and starts talking again. She must have seen the look on my face and stops and says, Oh, Paul, don't worry. That happens all the time. Now, my second story actually involves you guys. As what? I said... I'm standing outside your <coughs> studio right now. <laughs> I'm a podcast addict. I listen every morning while I'm getting ready for work. I listen in the car going to and from work, and I listen at work in my office. It's not unusual for me to have listened to podcasts seven or eight hours in a day. A few episodes ago, Riley came on the podcast and said that something had gone wrong, and for some reason you had lost a couple minutes of recording. He had mentioned that you had done a session in the studio with a medium, and she had said spirits sometimes interfere with the electronics. Oh, dear, oh yeah. And kind of laughed off that maybe they had affected your equipment. The weird thing is, right after he spoke, the episode stopped playing. I went back to the app again, and it started it again. And maybe after another ten minutes, it stopped again. Then again. This has continued for every episode afterwards. At least three times during every episode. The podcast will stop. I'll restart the episode on the app, and it will stop again. Now, being a podcast addict, I listen all the time, and I listen on the Stitcher Premium app. Bigfoot Collectors Club is the only podcast that this happens on. This is couched. Now this is like a technical complaint couched in a ghost story. <laughs> Every other podcast, from NPR to Bizarre States, all right. to How Did This Get okay, Made, okay, Paul, plays with no troubles. Okay, Paul, we got the note. And your podcast never did this before Riley made that announcement. Oh, no. I don't know if it's just me this happens to, or if it's a common thing that nobody's bothered to mention, but it's very strange and coincidental. It could certainly be an electronics glitch on my end, but to paraphrase the show Ancient Aliens... I'm not saying it's paranormal, but it's paranormal. Thanks for all the entertainment. You never had a bad episode, even if it goes off the rails a bit. You guys keep it fun and enjoyable. Take care and keep watching the skies. Man. Thank you, Paul. Wait, do, I think we have <coughs> ghosts in our computer, guys. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll man. look into it. I haven't experienced that issue. Maybe we should, yeah, Maybe exercise your electrical equipment. Oh, boy, oh, boy. If anyone, <laughs> no, we else, should pro- if anyone else is having We just need a customer service line. <laughs> We tried that and it didn't work, right? No, but he's he's right, Paul. We really have had like uh, ever since it seemed to start happening. We mentioned that oh, ghost in the system. It seemed to start. It kept doing that, and it just like you, Paul. Our you know Riley's computer seems to every now and then. Well, yeah. Or during every episode, take a kaputz. It does, and also I was joking around the other day, but my hot water heater and my washing machine both just mysteriously died. Oh, I'm getting a new hot water heater tomorrow. I'm oh, leaving shit. right now. <laughs> 
Damn. Man, now I'm worried that our podcast doesn't play right. <laughs> Damn it. Obviously, he doesn't mind. That first story, though, that's crazy with the analog uh, radio stopping and, and – and uh, you know, switching the channels and stuff like that. That's... I had a TV as a kid that would do that for a while, like, right? And I used to think that the house was haunted, but this TV would just start flipping channels on its own. Oh, that is so creepy! And it was like one of those you had to go push the button to change the channels, and it yeah. was just it, it only did it for a little while, and then we had the TV for for years. But there was like a period of time where. It would just start changing channels all by itself, They're and it freaked here. me out. Yeah, whenever the oh man, so creepy. This one's from Sarah. Sarah. Hello, Bryce, Michael, and Riley. Mayhaps Jen and or Kevin as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. I think that's my first shout out. You go, right. <laughs> Jen actually did want to join us today, but she couldn't. Uh, my name is Sarah, and I absolutely adore your podcast and enjoy listening to it every week. Thank you, Sarah. I wanted to share with you my own experience of high strangeness that has occurred to me not once, but twice, three-ish times over my life. Please feel free to interpret as you see fit. I will. The first part of my story occurred on November 15th, 1999, when I was nine years old. As a quick background, I remember the time in my life vividly, as this was the year my maternal grandfather had become extremely ill and his health declined quickly. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Mm. We had moved my grandfather from southern Illinois back to northern Illinois in hopes of getting him better care in the city of Chicago. I was not very close to my grandfather, in part because I was the youngest of eight grandchildren, and in part because he was much older, having been born in 1915 and did not much have much energy for an over-energized kid like me. Despite this, on the night of November 14th, I had gone to bed late because my aunt from Texas was staying with us, and I wanted to hang out with her as long as I could. When I did go to bed, I quickly fell into a deep sleep and instantly began to dream. My dream took place in what my child brain interpreted as a dark hallway that seemed endless. And even though I was generally terrified of the dark, I did not feel scared as I began to walk. Instead, I felt like something was beckoning me to come forward. As I slowly made wait <clears throat> come forward. As I slowly <laughs> made my way through the passage, I eventually spotted a small white dot at the far end. Hmm. As I got closer to this white dot, it became a bright white shining doorway I only paused when a silhouette appeared out of the shadows to stand in front of the door and face me in front of me stood my grandfather and despite how bright the white light was behind him I could see he was not the elderly man that I had known only known as being sick instead it was my grandfather the year he married my grandfather my grandmother in 1940 uh-huh to help describe him, my grandfather looked very similar to actor Clark Gable when he was in Gone with the Wind. He stood in the doorway, and I could easily see that he was smiling at me, and I remember how happy he looked as he raised a hand to sit as if he were saying goodbye. I waved back and then watched as he turned and walked through the doorway. Then mm. I woke up. My bedroom in my childhood home opened to the landing that overlooked our living room, and as I woke up, I heard crying. I didn't move because I recognized this crying as my mother and then heard my aunt explain to her that my grandfather had passed away peacefully in his sleep overnight. Almost instantly, my gut twisted and I realized that despite not being close to my grandfather, he had decided to say goodbye to me and that, was ever, and that everything was going to be okay. Hmm. 
What makes this experience more odd is that my maternal grandmother had passed away when my mother was nine years old. And if you compared a photo of my mother and, and me at the same age, side by side, we looked almost exactly the same. Flash forward to 2012, when one of my closest friends had suddenly passed away in November of that year. For the sake of narrative, let's call him Nathan. I was extremely distraught over his loss and mourned Nathan for a long time. Sorry to hear about that. During the time uh, of his passing, or during that time uh, that his passing weighed heaviest on me, I had a very vivid dream with him in it. Nathan loved video games, and we would often play them in college, and on our laziest days, we would play all day long. In my dream, I was suddenly in the setting for Borderlands, a game that Nathan had been playing shortly before he passed away, and I was running along the map with him when we locked ourselves in a building to get away from an enemy, and he turned to me. He then reached out, touched my arm, which I swear I can still recall the feeling of, and he said to me, don't worry about me, it's okay, I'm fine. You don't have to hold on. Needless to say, I woke up in shock. A year later, soon after the anniversary of Nathan's death, I once again had a very real dream with Nathan in it. This time I walked into the bar where he had spent most of his weekends hanging out in college, and he was at the card table playing uh, Euchre? Euchre, right? Sure. With a few of our (coughs) other friends. When I walked in, he looked up at me and smiled and lifted a glass of Captain and Coke, his favorite drink, and gave me the wink and said to me, See? I told you I'm all right. I get to play whenever I want. And when I woke up from this dream, I felt more at peace with Nathan's passing than I had previously. As an adult, I'm not religious. However, from my experience, I do believe that there is some form of afterlife. I truly believe that family and friends can find a way to communicate with us once they've passed on to reassure us as long as we are open to it. I hope my interesting. Uh, I hope my story was interesting for you. Thanks again for taking the time to read it, and thank you again for making such an amazing podcast. Sincerely, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. That was wow. really nice. That was really great. touching. Yeah, kind touching. Of, kind of, mm-hmm. Got me a little choked up at the yeah. end. Thank you, Sarah. I, I like Sarah. Yeah, that was good. <clears throat> yeah, and we we hear those stories a lot. We, we do. We bring them up all the time, and I definitely think there's something to that. There has to be. I yeah, mean, in that story, stories. especially the grandfather passing, and um, I like the detail that she looked like. Um, her mother at that age, so perhaps he was yeah. saying goodbye to both of them. I mean, I think Sarah definitely you're tuned into something. Yeah, and to um, put a little little you know semi science behind that, you know, we've talked about DMT before. DMT is uh, you know referred to as the spirit molecule, and we all make it uh, in, endogenously, which means we make it in our bodies. It comes from our pineal gland and other organs in our bodies as well. But they say that. Um, they say that DMT releases, you know, um, at birth, at death, and uh, sporadically sometimes during deep REM sleep. So, and uh, just to give you like a little insider, like, you know, when, you know, uh, psychonauts like Terrence McKenna take DMT, they, they literally say it's like the gateway to an inhabited other world, perhaps even the spirit world, not sure. So, you know, when we're in those deep REM sleeps and our pineal gland spits out a little DMT, you know what I mean? It Perhaps a doorway or a gateway is opened where... Kind of connects us to the uh, spirit realm. Yeah, absolutely. I like that explanation. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, it, it makes sense that, uh, you know, something like that could happen. And absolutely does happen. 
Another thought is just, Sarah, go to the doctor. Baby, you keep dying in your sleep and visit in the afterworld. <laughs> yeah. That, she's got severe <laughs> sleep apnea, and she keeps expiring while she's... That like, get out of here. Wake <laughs> up. Well, thanks, everybody, for sharing your stories with us. We love to hear them. Uh, you can write in to BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. Send us your L files, and perhaps you'll hear them on a future episode. I want to thank our guest. Kevin Kirkpatrick, thank Yay. you for coming back and being such a we recurring love you, part of our show. Kevin, you're you are part of the permanent BCC Hall of Fame and a family member. Mm-hmm. God, wonderful. <laughs> we'll we'll get you a card and laminate it. Yeah, and watch out oh, for I don't the devil. Di- I've got a small wallet. I don't need any more cards. <laughs> <laughs> Copy that. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, cool. thanks cool. for um, hanging out with us. We appreciate it. I just don't. It just bulks up my wallet. It's yeah. not what I'm interested in. I get, I get it. We I get, get it. it. It's fine. Ugh, I'm in the worst mood now. Okay, well, <laughs> sorry to end on such a sour note. Uh, we love you guys. We will see you back here next week with an all-new episode of Big Foot Collectors Club. See ya! Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.